0: Blessed be the name of the Lord. Let's give him a hand clap of praise this morning. (laughs) Hallelujah. Let the anthem ring out. Let the people rejoice. Let us say he is worthy. He's taken the book. He's loosed the seals. Amen. He's he's stepped forward to claim his possession. We are here this morning in his presence. Oh, hallelujah. What a wonderful presence to be in this morning. To be in the presence of the almighty. Amen. We need him with all of our hearts. Everything within us. Amen. Are you ready to worship him this morning? We got it right here. God doesn't give you worship. It's what you give back to him. Are you here to give him worship? Amen. To give him the praise. To give him the glory. Amen. Amen. Let's be more than an observer this morning. Let's be a participator. Let's enter into his courts with thanksgiving. Amen. Into his courts with praise. Let's worship him from the bottom of our hearts. And as we look into the word, let it be real to us. Amen. God bless you. So good to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you, each one of you, for coming. Amen. Nice to have the Master's family with us today. That's wonderful. Amen. Great. My goodness, Joel. God bless you. A lot of prayers, son. Amen. But God answers prayers, don't he? Amen. We got a lot of prodigals coming back home. Amen. Just look for your children. Amen. Get a big enough lamb in your house. Amen. Come on, because we're, we're going to have company. We're going to have all of our young, our, our prodigals come back home. Amen. Hallelujah. It's the hour of Passover. We're here. We're here in the moment. We're about to be changed in a moment, a twinkling of an eye. We're looking to him this morning. Our God reigns. Amen. Amen. God bless you. My goodness. Let's turn to the scripture this morning. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 1. Amen. I, I know this is going to be a serious thought in one sense, but on the other hand, it's a rejoicing thought. So you, you, can, either, you can either take it one way or the other. You can either rejoice in it, or you can um, go back to Egypt and go back to bondage. Amen. So you can either look into the things of God and say, it's mine, or you can turn around and walk back, as many others will do. Amen. But This morning I'm going to be speaking on your Kadesh Barnea moment. Amen. First Corinthians chapter ten verse one. Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant how that our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and the sea, and all did sit did and all did eat the same spiritual meat and. All did drink the same spiritual drink. For they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them. And that rock was Christ. With many of them, God was not well pleased. For they were overthrown in the wilderness. And now these things were an example to the, the intent that we should not lust after evil things. Give me the next verse too. And neither be idolaters as some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and rose up to play. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. Interesting, this is where the text that I took for the very first sermon I ever preached when I was 15 years old. I preached right here from this scripture. But this morning, we're going to be looking at this because I believe that we're in a very, very serious hour, very serious time. And um, we are in a Kadesh Barnea moment as far as the bride of Christ as the people of the message. Now, of course, um, just to preface this a little bit, that Israel had journeyed from Egypt to Mount Sinai where they had met God in the pillar of fire upon the mountain. And from there, they journeyed 11 days to Kadesh and were on the border of the promised land. If I understand right, it was only 30 more miles and they would have been right into their promised land. But they were close enough to send representatives from each tribe to the land to discover if they lived in walled cities or tent or, you know, to kind of check out the land. Just bring a report back. And Kadesh Barnea is a place that, as Moses and the children of Israel camped, where they sent these to this promised land as spies, and, and, um, and it was intended that they would leave from Kadesh and go into the promised land. Instead, what happened is that they left from Kadesh and went wandering in the wilderness for 40 years. And, and brothers and sisters, the message community stands here at Kadesh Barnea, uh, and, and I want to just say that the promise of the word of God Since the seven seals are open The mysteries of God have been revealed That, that, that the promises are true And that the, our, our, our God is real As we heard it sung a while ago And the Holy Ghost is our land And we can have every blessing of it Amen We can have everything that it possesses we don't just look and emphasize in one thing like a jump or a shout or a dance or neither do we just emphasize just healing or miracles or signs or wonders. But we believe every bit in the book. Amen. We believe every promise of the word of God. It belongs to us as believers this morning. Amen. And I believe that it has been open to us in this day. And many are standing on the edge and looking in. And, and, and you know, it, it's not just that. And I, I don't want you just to take it just as that. But I want you to also realize many of you at, are at your own Kaddish Barnea moment. Sometimes when you're sick and you're um, diseased in your body or you've got a, a, a horrible situation that's going on in your family, you come to a... Kadesh Barnea moment, where you are going to decide whether I'm going to believe the word of God and possess the land, possess that promise, or whether, on the other hand, I'm going to turn and go back in the same old wanderings of wilderness and my doubts and my fears and my unbelief. So you know, don't don't just take it as them and they, but I want you to, everyone, to make this real personal to your own life. Because you will have not just one Kadesh Barnea moment, but you will have many Kadesh Barnea moments where you've got to make a decision. Am I going to believe the word of God? And am I going to take him as what he said? Or am I going to turn around and walk away from it and say, I can't do it. I can't possess it. Now, they, they had come to Mount Sinai already from Egypt and they journeyed there, there they had a wonderful experience. Of course, they had many wonderful experiences. Even down in Egypt, they had wonderful experiences. They saw the power of God and the deliverance of the Lord and the hand of God go forth. And uh, and uh, then on the other hand, they, they went and... and uh, uh, that would go to the Red Sea and they would see the mighty deliverance there and their enemies dead in the Red Sea. And then they would cross from there and water would come out of a rock where that the people would actually murmur because there was no water in the desert and God would actually smite the rock instead of smiting the people. Because the people should have been smitten because of their unbelief and their murmuring. But God said, take the rock and smite the rock instead. And out of that came life-giving water. So they had had marvelous experiences and, and seen the miracles of God. And the word of the Lord come to pass that had already brought manna down from heaven. Great things had happened uh, already in, for them. And it was a tremendous but, but I, I want you to notice now as they come to Mount Sinai and there the voice of God thunders out on the mountain. And there Moses goes up into the cloud and the pillar of fire and, and Moses experiences the wonderment of seeing the theophany of God. And God taking with his finger and writing upon stone and giving them his commandments. And so he, he does all of this and the thunderings that shook the mountains and, and, the, and the, the quaking of it all and, the, and realizing this is an awesome God we serve. And yet now they, they, board, they come from their 11-day journey from Mount Sinai and come to Kadesh and they're right on the border. And I wanna say to you, many of you today are sitting right on the border of your promise, right on the border of your deliverance, right on the border where that God is about to pour out the blessings of the land and you can have it as a believer. God is about to do some great and mighty, wondrous things. Amen. I believe there's a rapture that is laying ahead. I believe there's a change of our body laying ahead. Amen. I believe that God is about to do the phenomena like you've never seen before. He is showing his power and he is showing his display of his omnipotence. Now, as we look at this, I just want you to think of this, because it would now be 40 years later, they would again come to the point where that, uh, again, spies would be sent out. And just think, as I mentioned my last sermon, you know, that many many of those young men that were now um, 10 years old, young children 10 years old, would be 50 before they could go in They missed out 40 years of planting and 40 years of building and 40 years, all because of unbelief, all because of refusal to enter into the promised land that lay right before them. Now, Kadesh represents that border. And where everyone comes to the promised land and looks into the promises of God and discover what is theirs, Moses sent out 12, I I think it was a little bit political. Maybe, you know, as they discussed it uh, of sending out someone, maybe so they they get the favor from each tribe And, and making sure every tribe was represented. And 10 out of 12 spies gave an evil report. Think about that. Now these were all supposed to be message believers. They were also supposed to be, you know, following the prophet. But here, out of them, as they're sent into the land, 10 out of the 12 bring an evil report of the land that God gave. Do you hear me? Amen. But but I want you to notice 40 years later, and this is what I was going to bring, you know, that when Joshua sent out spies, to spy out the land, he only sent two. Amen, he didn't send 12, he sent two, because two believed and he said, I'm not sending a bunch of unbelievers. I'm not gonna send a bunch of borderline believers who won't go all the way, but I'm gonna send somebody that will bring me a word of faith back that we can take the land. so he sends out two. And the Bible said they bring back a report. And it's different from the others, The report before. These two bring the same report that Joshua had brought and said, truly the Lord has delivered in our hands all the land for even all the inhabitants of the country do faint because of us. So here they bring, they bring a report back and their report is, listen, we can take this. Amen. That the inhabitants of the country are fate because of us, and the Lord truly has delivered. Hallelujah. Deliver them in our hands. I'll tell you what, friends, I don't care what kind of devil is standing on your promise. I don't care how big a devil, how big a demon, or how big a giant, or how many they are, what kind of depression, what kind of unbelief, what kind of suicide spirit, what kind of schizophrenia, no matter what it is, I'll tell you there is nothing. Man, there is nothing that our God can't do. There is nothing that can withstand His holy name, Amen. At the name of Jesus, every knee has to bow, and every tongue confess that He is Lord. Hallelujah! He's ruler over all. Now you know, these two, these two had a Joshua and Caleb attitude. They saw they could see jericho's walls coming down amen they they heard how the enemy really viewed them you know the ten imagine how the enemy viewed them you see in their imagination in their as they intellectualize the situation are you with me as they reasoned the situation they said we are as in their sight as grasshoppers. We're just bugs that can squish under their feet. These are giants. These are mighty men. These are powerful men. And we can't take it. But but I want you to hear that they came back with a report. And their report was totally different from that. It was the same at Matt's report of Joshua and Caleb that said, we're more than able to take it. And the report was, here's how the enemy sees you, Joshua two and nine, and and Rahab seven to the men, I know the Lord has given you the land, and your terror has fallen upon us, and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you, for we have heard Hallelujah, we have heard, listen, devils have heard that we got young people living overcoming lives. The devil has heard, he's had to take the report back down to hell, that tells them, amen, that there are men and women that are overcomers in this age, that are rising above the sin and the darkness of this hour. Oh yeah, hell has already heard. Let me tell you, church, you are shaking the gates of hell. You are shaking the gates of hell. But we also got brethren among us who are too afraid to take it. Who want to bring a word to try to throw a stone or quote to try to tell us days of miracles are past or this is just nonsense, that shout of the king among them. There's no king to shout about. I'm telling you right now, friends, I don't want to be identified with them spies. I want to be identified with a Joshua and a Caleb. I want to have the same spirit they had and say, we are by the label, hallelujah. Oh, when we got demons that are stripping our women and girls and and women, grown women with dresses up above their knees because of a demonic anointing that is trying to destroy them. You don't think I'm going to say we're more than able to take that? We're more than able to see a Holy Ghost come down upon a life and teach people how to dress right and walk right and talk right? Come on! We're more than able. You get the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. I'm going to tell you, you can take that land. You can have holiness. You can have purity. You can have joy. Come on. Amen. You can have everything that the Word of God promised. You don't have to stand at the borderline and say, well, I can't do it. I can't live right. It's all right for our boys to wear shorts. I just... It's just William Branham's opinion. I'll tell you what, borderline believer, you better come on in. You better get another spirit on you. You're at Kades Barnea. This is your moment. Amen. If I was you, if I had that attitude, I'd repent right now. I'd turn from that wickedness. Amen. So, you know, she, she said, we have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea. Oh, yeah. When you come out of Egypt. And what you did to the king, two kings of Amorites that were on the other side of Jordan, Sihon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we heard these things, our heart did melt. Listen, these devils were already running back. They were already afraid, come on. You know, listen, listen, what would happen in Brother Brandon's meeting? He would go to expose the cancer. Somebody help me preach. And what would happen, another one would reach out and say, help me. This one would scream, help me to the other, help me. Come reinforce this unbelief. Because he knew the moment that people started believing, something was gonna happen. Hallelujah. If I can get you to believe in this morning, you can have the deliverance that you are asking for in your life. As soon as we heard these things, our heart did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. Because of you, devils are trembling. Because people are starting to believe, things are starting to happen. Amen, for the Lord your God, oh, I love this. He, he, he is God in heaven above and the earth beneath. He had not went away to heaven and forgot us all, but he's right here in the earth. He's right there in your life. He's right there in your earth. He's right here in evening light tabernacle. To be your God, to show, yourself, to show himself God on your behalf. So now, let's just review just a moment. Let's just review how that this happened. Let's go to Numbers 13, 23, and let's just look at them bringing the evidence of the land. Numbers thirteen twenty three. And they, here they go and spy out the land. Now they spend 40 days. And they come to the brook of Eskal and cut down thence a branch with one cluster of grapes. And they too bear it too upon a staff. Brother, the grapes were so big. Listen, the fruit of the land was so good. Amen. It was so have you ever seen grapes that big? I've seen some grape clusters about like that, but it's so big. Two men had to carry it. On the staff. Amen. And they they bear between between two up on the staff and they bear brought of the pomegranates and the figs. I want you to notice three fruits. Now as you look in Numbers thirteen twenty-seven, they told them that we have come we came unto the land which thou sentest and watch now their first confession and surely it floweth with milk and honey and this is the fruit of it. Now, this is their first confession. Wow, I'd say what a land. Amen. One cluster of grape, two men had to carry. And then the wonderful fruits of pomegranates and figs. Three fruits, three pulls. Amen. We, you know, one of those pulls was divine healing. Somebody help me preach. I'm talking about the prophet of God, three phases of his ministry. That's what a pole is, it's a phase, amen. The first phase was divine healing. And so, you know, here again, in this first fruits of our promises, there were huge prayer lines that sometimes would go for city blocks. amen. Where every miracle conceivable was done. There was nothing impossible. Blind eyes without eyeballs formed in the head. Let me remind you of Jack Coe's testimony who went there as assembly of God preacher, but he was an unbeliever in divine healing. And he thought all of this was just hype and hysteria. So he went out to see, being that he was in San Antonio, Texas in 1945 and watching Brother Branham. And this is his testimony and why I give the date because that's the date he gave. And he said, when I heard the man William Branham was discerning people's hearts and praying for the sick, and he said, sometimes we, we think we're the only one doing something for God. So he belonged to a prestigious denominations and thought, if you're not in our group, you ain't doing nothing. And isn't that so? Isn't that what happens around the message? If you're not in our group, it ain't happening. Or if it's happening there, well, we gotta make light of it or be jealous of it or envious of it. I say, don't be envious of what God's doing. Amen. Be desirous of it and invite it to your church. Let it revolutionize your life. Let it do for you what it's done for us. Amen. And he said, When I heard about discerning, he said, I thought it was fortune telling. So I went to find out for myself. And he said, I tried to get in the healing line but failed. and he was discerning people and declaring them healed. And one man came up, had no eyeballs. And he said, he told him, said, now in three days there will be eyeballs form in your eyes. Well, he said, anybody can say that. You know, that man would go get lost in the crowd and you, could, you forget about seeing him again. Nobody know whether that's true or not. And he said, um, so as Brother Branham was praying, finished praying for the people, they let him out the door right where he was. And Brother Branham laid his hands over on, his, on, his, on him as he um, passed by, just stopping there for a moment, and said, You're not sick, but your body is tired. And he softly said to me, You're doubting whether this is of God or not. I, I want to tell you this is of God, and we're both fighting the same devil. Amen, come on. I'm gonna say to you, listen, I believe in everything the prophet of God said. I believe in the things where he was correcting emotion and I believe the things that he was purporting emotion. I believe every bit of it. Amen, I believe in the mechanics, I believe in every bit of the word and I believe in the dynamics. And I just want to say, brethren, why in the world do you want to throw stones at us when, we, when we're when we fighting the same devil? Get on our team. We've got a giant to defeat. We've got a land to conquer. Amen. So we're fighting the same devil. Go and continue in your revival for you're also called to preach. He said, well, Man, I are called to pray for the sick. He said, I left the meeting. I felt like I was walking on clouds, but he's still a little bit skeptical. So he said, three after three days, I thought I'd go find out about that man without eyeballs. And when I saw him, he still was still blind, but eyeballs had formed. And it was now noon, and that night after he fell asleep, he he woke around 7 p.m., must have been about the start of the meeting, and he started running around shouting praises to the Lord because he was now seeing. He said, from then on, I knew Reverend Branham was no ordinary preacher, but was called for dispensational purposes. Now, that was the testimony of a once-critic and then become a fellow evangelist in the same field of divine healing. And I just want to say, brother, we're fighting the same devil. Amen, you know, I'm not ashamed of any quote of the prophet of God, I believe every one of them. Don't throw them at me, they're for the enemy. Don't go and stone me with stones. Try to take your little revelation and stone it with me. No, let's use that against the devil. Listen, listen, in, I, I'm talking about cl- clusters of grapes right now. Is somebody with me? Amen. Amen. It is, it's huge. And what God showed us in this age, because we're the Kadesh Barnea too, he brought evidence of the land. Amen. Are you with me? Yes. I mean, a cr- cluster of grapes so big Amen. that Wooden couldn't pack it by himself. My horribly twisted bodies was straightened like the boy in South Africa who came in the prayer line with a dog, like a lead, like a dog with a chain about his neck. Amen. He was mentally handicapped for one thing. You don't think God heals mental handicap? He showed over and over he does. He still does. He was mentally handicapped and some sort of disease had twisted his back and he walked like an animal on his hands and his feet. It was a wretched condition. You know, a boy like this in in Africa like that, where they were, they're impoverished. They would use them for begging. And they would would, um, bring them out in this hideous, deformed condition. And they brought this boy on the stage and he he started started doing this little war dance because, you know, he he was before a crowd and, and you know, he'd been trained to, to do that. And, and uh, you know, so he was trying to do a war dance because that's what he would do when, when begging, would, would, would get out, you know, and, and on his hands and feet and like an animal, do a little war dance and people out of pity would give money. And Brother Branham stood there and trying to catch his spirit and trying to get him to settle down for a minute and break into a vision. He said, he's born in this condition. And his parents outside in the audience confirmed this was to be true. And and then the vision began to show something he was thinking about. This just really breaks my heart. He was thinking about a younger brother who had been hurt riding a goat and it had crippled him. And he's there now and he's thinking about if my brother could be healed. And the vision picks that up and, and, and tells of his desire and said what he's thinking about is his brother. He's got a younger brother and he's in the meeting and he's crippled from riding on a goat and he fell off and he got hurt. And I he said, I see him now, said he's healed. Now he's looking at the vision. And from the audience, from the crowd, came a boy running there with crutches over his head and screaming at the top of his voice. Totally healed. Amen. And, and that little boy seeing that, you know, his faith begins to rise, no doubt. And, and, the, and the vision goes on. And he said, I saw the boy like a blue shadow standing straight and normal in his right mind. And I said, stand up, Jesus Christ has made you whole. He didn't know what I was talking about. And then the interpreter said, and he didn't get it. So Brother Branham walked over and grabbed his chain and took a hold of it and and said, Jesus Christ makes you whole. And pulled on his chains and his looks chains. And tears started dropping off his cheeks on his black belly. And he's standing there looking around in his right mind. Every bone had snapped and went into place. And here this crippled child, deformed from birth, comes home. I'm talking about the grapes of this land. I'm talking about the power of the Holy Ghost that can take a crippled boy, a deformed child, and heal him in such a way as insane and make him normal. That's what lays in this land. Oh, it's a good land. I say it's a good land. Amen. Here's the fruits of it. God showed you in this day the fruits of it. Minds that were gone, restored as horrible demons, were cast out like the woman in Arkansas who Brother Brandon was called to come down and pray while the prayer line was being formed and some of the bad cases was down in the basement. And he walks down there and sees a woman there She's from a mental institution, and her feet and her legs are up in the air, and she's crawling around on her back. Both of her feet and legs stick up. She's in a pair of shorts because, you know, that's about what they could dress her in there in the, in the institution. And They had brought her, brought her to the meeting, and Brother Brandon went, went down to pray for her, and the, brother, the guy said, no, don't do that. Said. Her husband said, listen, she kicked out all the windows of, of the ambulance, she, she'll, she'll kill you, Brother Branham. I'll tell you, she'll kill you. And he said, oh, no. He said, I don't think so, and he walked down there to take her by the hand, and see if it was a germ disease. And, and when he took her by the hand, she jerked so hard, he said, if I hadn't have been able to lift my foot up and put it on her breast and jerk away from it, she'd have jerked me right down on her. He said, I ran back to get away from her and climbed up on the platform the little platform there standing with her husband and she went crawling around on her back. Like And said, she went over to a bench and she took and hit the bench with the back of her head. And when she did, she hit it so hard, a big splinter came out of it. She picked that up and flung it at her husband and barely missed him and it hit the plaster on the wall and it came crashing down, broke the plaster on the wall. It hit so hard. And she said, William Branham, I have nothing, you have nothing to do with me. And he said, well, the husband said, well, she she don't even know her name. How did she know who you were? She hadn't spoken three years. How did she know that? Said that wasn't her, that was a demon speaking through her. Amen. Oh, let let me just tell you, let me just tell you, these are not just grapes of yesterday. (laughs) We are in this land, and I can testify to you, those grapes are still just as sweet. Hallelujah, I've seen demons cast out by the power of my Christ. I know the power. What it can do and turn someone into the right mind. Yes, sir, I can stand here and we can give testimony after testimony of what we have seen God do. Because our God's real, and these grapes are not fake. They're not on a picture. Are you with me? They're—they're they're not just something that is plastic in an ornament. They're not history. Come on, brother Branham said, that was that devil talking through her, using her voice. And he said, brother, he said, almighty God met me, an angel of the Lord met me and gave me a gift of divine healing. Do you believe that? He said, I do with all my heart. He said, well, if I could get people to believe, nothing would stand before me. He said, well, what must I do, brother Brandon? He said, take her back to the insane institution. And he said, she, you know, she, and, and she's going to come out of that in the name of Jesus Christ. Three days later, you know, she, she never moved another time. They took her peaceably back in another ambulance. They put her back in the insane ward, about three days later, she came to herself. And a few months later, was in the meetings with her little children and her husband, a restored mom. Oh, this God is a restorer. This God is a restorer of marriages. This God is a restorer of homes. This God is a rescuer of children. Come on, this God cares about your situation. He's interested in you no matter how small or how great. This God is interested in you. Oh yeah, I put all of these in my notes yesterday as I was praying for this service this morning. And then there's been studying on in well, you know, I told you I was gonna preach on this two weeks ago, but you know, cancers of the worst kind, cancers of the worst kind were healed. Brother Branham talks about Florence Nightingale. Now, I'm just talking about the grapes of this land. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, you know, they're huge, they're, they're, they're clusters and, and they're so big. You know, God was showing us the abundance. The greatness of his power, so that you can believe in anything, for anything. Well, you know, Florence Nightingale had got down to sixty-something pounds, skin and bones, and and was in a dying condition with tuberculosis. They flew her there to England, and she just said, from South Africa, and just said, you know, let's pray that I can die. I can't die. And Brother Brandon said, I couldn't pray that way. She'd come all that way. I couldn't pray that she would die. So he he said, we got down and started praying and a a dove flew in the window and began to coo. And he said, I stood up and looked at that and I said, I started to say, did you see that? And he just came out of my mouth. You're you're healed. You're gonna be well. And, and you know, and here... This woman would come back and, and and show him a picture months and months later there of her 160-something pounds, you know, in full bloom health. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Every kind of thing. You see, all grape clusters may not be so big, but this shows us what the land is able to produce. Amen. In this cluster, in its clusters is a gift of faith. In its clusters is the gift of healing, gifts of healing, workings of miracles. These grapes when squeezed out would make the wine of stimulation as the word ripened and was revealed and would stimulate the believer to believe for every promise of God. Oh yeah, but it's not just grapes. They're pomegranates. Made of hundreds of tiny little fruits in one pomegranate. Perfectly detailed to every individual need. Somebody with me? Amen. It could go back 40 years in your life. Amen. It could tell your name and your address and repeat repeat the doctor's conversation. Or anything about your personal life. What did it do? It, It showed us that our God is a personal God. He knows where you live. He knows what your address is. He knows the burden of your heart and our God cares about you. He he is concerned about every detail of your life. Amen, oh my, it showed us our God is personal God and like a pomegranate, it's just crammed with every bit of goodness. Maybe all discernment is not on the same scale. But it shows us that God knows every detail of our life and can give, can give insight into our troubles at any time. Discernment never delivered anyone. It just raised their faith to a level that they could believe and thus receive God's promise. Every person, can I say it? Every person is to have discernment of spirits. In order to know what is right from wrong, we can discern both good and evil. And we can be confident that God knows and is concerned about every facet of life. Discernment comes in all sizes and shapes. Discernments of spirits and word of wisdom and the word of knowledge, it all lays there. And there is prophecy. There's so many wonderful lays things that lay there. You see, it is a good land. For Deuteronomy 8 and 7 describes it for the Lord thy God bringeth thee into a good land, a land of brooks, of water, of fountains, of depths that spring up out of valleys and hills, a land of weed and barley and vines and fig trees and pomegranates, a land of olive oil and honey. Oh, you see, they're not just three things. It's full of all kinds of goodness. A land when you were you will eat bread without scarceness. Thou shalt not lack anything in, in it. A land whose stones are iron, and out of hills thou will make us dig brass. Out of there will come the tools that you will need to use in that land. It's there. But you know what? It takes faith to see it. Unbelief will never see the goodness of the land unbelief will point to the negative oh them kids shouted but they didn't get nothing well i'll tell you some of them did shout and they did get something in fact the reason they shouted was because they got something oh yeah there are a few people that shout to get it and you'll never shout enough to get it it comes to repentance turning from your sins and being sincere before god that's the way it comes the shout won't bring it down. You can shout and scream all you want to. It won't do one bit of good. But i tell you what, you cannot get in touch with deity and not have some kind of emotion happen. Amen. But it takes faith to see it. Unbelief will point to the negative, to days of miracles being passed, to the promise of God being for yesterday faith says though it's now unbelief says it's too late those days are past or it's just not for me well then that means the wilderness and death is for you now so brother Branham says about faith he said there's a little door of faith he's preaching doors in the door And he said, there's a little door There's faith. And he said, oh, I'll give it a try. Faith doesn't try. Oh, blessed be his name. Faith knows where he's standing. Faith got big muscles and a hairy chest. And when he raises up with his big muscles, everything contrary sits down. He lets out a scream, and it sounds like a panther screaming. And every jackrabbit takes to his den. Faith is the boss. Hallelujah. Faith is the boss. And all things are possible to them that believe. All things. Well, you say, well, I might ask God too much, Brother Branham. You can't ask him enough. He loves to do that for you. And then he brings out the little fish about a half inch long in the middle of the Atlantic saying I better drink sparingly because you know I, I might drink all this water up and then and this the ocean will go dry because I'll run out one day, what nonsense. And he said it would be more nonsense to think that you can exhaust the Father's good will to do things for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, you've come to the inexhaustible fountain. You've come to the place of untapped resources. You come to the place where the blessings of God never stop. Hallelujah, where the former rain and the latter rain are poured out together and bring forth the harvest of wheat and oil and wine. Oh yeah. Could you imagine a little mouse about so long under the great gardeners of Egypt saying now, just a minute. Now there's, there's billions, 450 billions of tons of this garner and a, of grain in here, but I better just allowance one grain a day because I might run out before springtime. And he said, that's the way some Christians think God is trying to allow, allowance yourself, just joining the church. Let me tell you, this message is more about than just sitting on another pew. Yeah. Just change it from the Catholic or the Methodist or the Baptist or the whatever and come in here and sit in on a pew. It ain't about trading pews. Amen. It ain't about joining a church and saying, this is the best I can do. You see, if, and, and of course, if, the, if you do the best you can do, I'll tell you what, you'll believe every promise God made. If you'll do the best you can do, amen, you can never ask him too much. He loves to give it. Ask abundantly that your joys may be full. Just ask for great things and believe for great things. But he said, the reason you can't do it. Now, here's them at their K-dash. The reason you can't do it, you say, now, Jesus, you saved me. Don't you let me go to hell. But don't fool around. Maybe Dr. P.H. Calhoun is right. It might be that the days of miracles are past. It might be. It is for you. You just make that up. It is. If you believe that, It is. And I want you to say Days of Miracles are passed for some. Right, right. Healing is over for some. Right. Shouting is over for some. Right. Amen, Holy Ghost dancing is over for some. Right. But it ain't for you. Right. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, enough, sir. You are at this Kadish Barnea moment and there's Joshua and Caleb that are here that said, we can take the land. We can enjoy all the blessings of God. Yeah. Ma said a man came to me some time ago Said Mr. Branham I don't care what you do or say I don't believe in miracles I said it wasn't for you unbelievers It was for those that believe That's the only question Jesus said he that believeth all things are possible It's for those who will believe And place their unadulterated faith In the finished works of Christ God's there and obligated to do it And then there were figs. There were pomegranates. And there were grapes. And there were figs. Second Kings 20 and verse 5, it tells about Hezekiah, a man who had got a word from God, you're going to die. Set your house in order. But prayer changes things. And he set his face against the wall and began to pray and said, God, you know I've served you with a perfect heart. Give me some more years. And he turned there and that prayer sent the prophet of God back to him that says, I have heard thy prayers. I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee. And I want to tell you, he's saying that to somebody today. I have heard that prayer and I've seen your tears, but I will heal thee. You know why? Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if I can get you to look in this promise of the word in your KS a moment, and you can say, that can be my promise. That can be for me. That is my inheritance. I'm gonna take that. It can be for you too. And I want you to know this. He said, I'll add 15 years. To thy days and I'll deliver thee and this city out of the hand of the king of Assyria and I will defend this city for my own sake and for my David's servant's sake. And Isaiah said, take a lump of figs. And they took it and laid on the boil. It must have been a cancer. I don't care what your cancer's name is. There's a lot of different cancer. There's a lot of different types of cancer. There's cancers of gossip cancers of unbelief, cancers, are you with me, of unforgiveness. There's all kinds of cancers in your family, every kind of situation. But I'll tell you, take a lump of figs, take the word of God, take this third pulled message, and they took it and laid it on the boil, and he recovered I tell you, I challenge you to take any promise of the word of God and lay it on your problem and watch that thing disappear. You see, in the third poll, there are mysteries of God revealed. Seven thunders utter their voices, opening up the plan of redemption and giving us the whole land of the Bible, every promise in the book. You say, Brother Tim, I'll tell you what, you know, you're, you're preaching, we can have the gifts of the Spirit, we can have divine healing, we can have altar calls, we can have, we can have prayer lines, we can have deliverance. You know, Brother Tim, you know, aren't you, aren't you going backwards? No, I'm going forward into the land. I'm not going back anywhere. I'm going into the promised land of the Word of God. That's what lays in the land. But if you stand there in your Kadesh a moment and you say, but we can't take it, that was only for Brother Branham. Or, you know, only the Azusa Street people have something to jump and shout about. Woohoo! Are you with me? Only they, only the Methodists can shout. If that's when, you, if you stand there and you take this a moment, and you say we can't take it, you'll go into the land of wandering. You'll wind up in the tribulation. Oh, yeah. right. You see, I don't just believe in gifts of the spirit and divine healing and miracles and speaking in tongues and interpretation of tongues and all of those, I believe seven seals have been opened, the mysteries of God's been revealed, seven thunders uttered their voices. I believe in every mystery of the Bible. I believe believe it's a whole gospel. I believe in a full gospel, but it happens to be all them other things I just mentioned are in there too. It's more than just theology. It's more than just a a new revelation. It is a revelation that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. I believe in the whole land. I don't believe in just conquering Jericho and and seeing its sealed walls come down and the seals are open and we stand there at Jericho. And then you build you build a wall around Jericho up again and you encamp there. Because cursed is he that builds this wall again. There is to be no denominational movements in this message. The whole land of the Bible. In the land in the third pole, there's the power of the spoken word. It's the word, isn't it? So there's the power of the spoken word. There's the power of binding and loosening. The binding of the serpent death and anything beneath him. That's what we got to look forward to. Listen, friends, I'm I'm not just happy just having a divine healing movement. I'm not just happy having a little prayer line. Amen, I, I want to listen to the prophet of God saw in the third pool vision as they formed that prayer line that we're going through and they were changed. Come on, changed. I'm looking for the change. I'm not looking for little divine healing. I'm looking for a massive divine healing. Where Gray hair will come back the right color. Amen, we're, we're, we're flesh that is all wrinkled becomes tight again. We're bodies that are being pulled down into the ground. Listen, 6,000 years ago, man went from mortal or immortal into mortality. But we're here at the other side of redemption. That's what it was then, but that's not what it is now. Amen, we are mortals going into the immortals. For the Bible said, we will not all sleep, but we shall all be changed in a moment and a twinkling of an eye. Somebody's going to bind the serpent death. And I'm telling you, this message, people, are at that Kadesh Barnea moment. Will they get a revealing of the Holy Ghost, which is the dynamic, or will they reject it and call it fanaticism and sit back and criticize because somebody shouted or danced? So, wow, Brother Tim, there was some wildfire. Yeah. There always is, fire gets out. Brother Brandon said, I'd rather have wildfire than no fire. I would rather err on this side than that side. I'd rather be a fanatic than a formal. Now, I don't want wildfire. I'll be the first to tell you. I don't want fanaticism. I want the real and the genuine. But just because that you wind up and the devil comes around and impersonates sometimes, amen, don't mean that I'm gonna be a wet blanket and start putting the fire out. Are you with me? I'm not gonna do it. We're gonna have fire in this church. We're gonna have the pillar of fire movement. We're gonna have the Holy Ghost happening this way. Yes! There will be people whose lives are changed, people who are healed, delivered. There will be snout on these altars, hallelujah. There will be people rejoicing, dancing in the spirit like Miriam danced. Hallelujah, because I'm not going back into the wilderness. We're going to have every promise of God. This is our land. This is the land of our fathers. These spies, Joshua and Caleb, the two spies that went into Jericho, they could say, this is our land. Abraham walked this land. Isaac walked this land. Jacob walked this land. Joseph lived in this land. Joseph said, bring my bones back to this land. I want to be buried in this land because there's going to be a resurrection in this land. So bring my bones back there because there ain't going to be a resurrection down in Egypt. So they can say, this is my father's land. Abraham walked over it. He said, I'll show you the, the length and the height, the breadth. walk over. I can't give it to you now because the iniquity of the Amorites is not done. But after seven church ages, somebody help me preach now. After seven church ages, I'm going to bring you to the land. And you're going to have your chance at Kadesh. Yeah. So you see, I want to say when I'm looking at this land that you can't tell me or that you tell me that I can't have, that we can't possess. I want to tell you this is my father's land. This is the land of Paul. This is the land of Peter. This is the land of James and John. Hallelujah. This is the land of miracles. Glory to God this is a land of divine healing this is a land of rapture and faith it all lays in this land let me tell you in this land Jesus walked and when he walked where he walked every devil was subject to him hallelujah amen this is my father's land and I have come to take what is mine It don't belong to the Philistines. It don't belong to the Amorites. Amen. It don't belong to any of them. It belongs to me. It's my land. This is my land. In the third pull, there's a power of the spoken word. There is the opening of the word, the revealing of the mysteries It all came from a prophet. Nobody can take his place. None of us are trying. Don't get, don't envy us like like, like Joshua 1 to Moses because 70 began to prophesy in the congregation because he had been anointed with the same spirit of Moses. And Joshua went screaming, stop him, stop him. He said, do you envy for my sake? I would to God all of his people were prophets. Amen. Amen. So you see, that in here, though about victories, there is a warning that goes with victories. The fig tree must produce fruits. A gospel without power is to be cursed, and a religion without emotion is dead. Now, if you want a religion without motion, stay in the wilderness. Amen. If you want a gospel without power, stay out there in the wilderness. But in this land, there's every promise of God. John 15, 2, every branch that's in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. This is what he says. Every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it that it may bring forth more fruit. Well, i tell you, I'm either in the position of being banished or purged. And I just say, God purged me. Amen. But whatever, he's looking for fruit. If he doesn't find fruit, he's going he's gonna to take that away. Do you know what it means to be taken away, to be cut off? You're bound, to burn, bound together in bonds for the burning, for the tribulation, for the fiery trials of the tribulation. Now, Jesus found a victory in his day. Isn't it, isn't it a, a wonderment how that Jesus did this? And remember, these things were... For examples, the Bible said, and Jesus found a victory, and he expected it to be bringing forth fruit out of season. Now, you know, people think you need a certain season. Well, this is not the day of Pentecost, brother Tim. Well, maybe not. We certainly don't have to. Carrying in the city of Jerusalem, but I tell you, we must be imbued with powerful on high. Oh, it's not to repeat and return, right? We don't have to go and do what they did. We are not waiting for the Holy Ghost to came. They, they come because Christ had ascended. And he said, as long as I'm with you, the Holy Ghost cannot come. But when I send, I'm gonna send back the promise of my Father, which will be the Holy Ghost. And he said, you wait in the city of Jerusalem till I do a few things there in glory and I'm gonna send it back. So they waited. Amen. Hmm. You know, again, we think it needs a certain season. Well, you know, this is just out of season for fruit. This, you know, it was the season for miracles and signs and wonders in the 40s and the 50s, but that's not our season. I saw some of you had the shocked look on your face, but I've had preachers say that. We are not in that season. I don't really care. Jesus looks at the victory and it's not season and he expects fruit. And he says, he said, if you don't bear fruit, you're going to be cursed. Yeah. I, I, I don't care about your seasons. Yeah. Amen. I, I want you to know, if you want to go to seasons, I want to say, it's your season to be blessed. Yeah. It's your season for a rapture. Yeah. Hallelujah. What do you think well, rapture even means? It means ecstasy. Uncontrollable ecstasy, shout, enrapturing. You're claiming to be in the rapture and you don't have any shout in your church? Amen. You say, Well, we got rapture and faith, Brother Tim. Well, show it. Amen. It's like if you're happy, let your faith notify your face. Amen. If you're really in the move of God, let there be signs and wonders. Let there be healing and miracles. Let the power of God move into salvation where do you think we're standing there are many people are standing right there at Kadesh and they're looking over and said we can't take it we can't take it because a few young people get a little bit too excited so we don't want that well I do I'd rather them be excited about Jesus than be dancing and shouting in a ball game. Come on, I'd rather them dance and shout in church than to be out in a honky-tonk. Amen, I'm happy to see our young people enthused about God. Amen, I wish that every one of you from the front to the back would get enthused about Jesus Christ. He ought to be the joy of your life. He ought to be the principal theme of everything we do or say. He ought to be the praise of our hearts. Yet you want to stand at the borderline and criticize and say, We can't take it. I'm going to say, We are more than able to take it. Hallelujah. It is our land. Well, Brother Tim, I know you. You're just a Pentecostal. Let me just tell you something. First of all, I'm not I'm not I never was birthed under Azusa street. I never was. I got I got filled with the Holy Ghost in this message. By the way, I spoke in tongues in this message. That's not the evidence, but I still did it. It is one evidence. The Holy Ghost does speak with tongues. It's like hair on your head. Everything that has hair ain't a human. Everything that speaks in tongues ain't filled with the Holy Ghost. But I, I figure if you are human, you're going to have hair. Unless you got some kind of malady, and God can heal that too. Because we've seen it happen. Alopecia. A cursed autoimmune immune disease on a young girl in our church and God restored her glory. Amen. The thing was cursed in the name of Jesus Christ and hair began to grow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You say, well, Brother Tim, I think you're Pentecostal. Where you got this from? No, listen, I learned how to preach from listening to the prophet. I never went to Bible school. I never learned how to preach in some Pentecostal church. I left that, we, we left the United Pentecostal Church when I was six years old. My, my parents did. I had nothing to do with it. I followed them out. I was born in there and I followed them out. They wanted to come out because they didn't want to, they wanted a church independent of denomination. They began to hear about Brother Branham and the message, and we started. We got the first church age book in 1965. We began to, we began to realize God sent a prophet, and he got, then God took him home. And in that era of time, in 1970, at a 15-year-old boy preacher, boy, I started preaching this message, and I've never preached Azusa Street. Never. Well, so, you know, but however, I do want to say we are Pentecostal. When Brother Brandon preached the Laodicean church and as a messenger of that church and preaching his message to that church age and he preached his time, he said, I want to be Pentecostal from the top of my head to the sole of my feet. Now, not denomination, but I mean the real genuine. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, you, you know, again, Brother Branham talks about it because he had to fight with the same thing his whole ministry. He had to defend sh- dancing in the spirit. He had to defend shouting. He had to defend divine healing. He had to defend workings of miracles against a church of Christ and antichrist spirit. Who raised up and said, now because we have the complete canon of the Bible, then nothing can ever happen again. We have the complete and total word of God. So there cannot be a prophecy that would be an addition to the Bible. There cannot be a healing because that would be an addition to the Bible. There cannot be miracles because that would be an addition to the Bible. And they formed their cult. And I call them antichrist because Christ means the anointing and they're against the anointing, anti-anointing. And that spirit has come right in the message of the hour. And I think, you know, just like it's a shame today to have to defend the Ephesians 4 that God is calling ministries, apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists, pastors, I mean, it's a shame to have to defend that. That's ridiculous. I mean, duh, you ought to know God's calling ministers. Duh, we ought to know that, but no. You know, they want to come along and use a few little isolated quotes there to try to shut down the ministry. And the same thing happens with that Antichrist spirit. They're going to shut down shouting, shut down. Same one that wants to shut down preaching. And I, and I have something to say I have something to say about some of these preachers they will criticize people in a prayer line that will be going through the prayer line and shouting and rejoicing and showing emotion and dancing to the spirit but they'll get up in the pulpit themselves and they'll run back and forth on the platform and scream and holler and they call that anointing and they say oh but these are only blessings and it's without power I'll tell you what, we come down to the point where there's just a few inspired preachers. And while the, while the people just sit there and try to absorb it, 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 this is Nicolaitanism. I say it again, it's Nicolaitanism, it's to conquer the laity. It's to keep the Holy Ghost from moving in the pew. I'll tell you, the Holy Ghost is in the, in the pulpit and a man can shout and scream under the anointing of God. Let me tell you, under the same anointing, the people can get under there and stand and shout and scream and rejoice. Hallelujah. Yet you want some Nicolaitan spirit to try and shut it down. I'll tell you, it ain't gonna happen might happen in your church you can have that if you want to but here in evening like tabernacle we're going to have the power of god under salvation we're going to have deliverance Uh, Pentecost is over, Brother Tim. That age is past and gone. Yeah, the Street is. That's not where we're at. We're in the bride age. But Pentecost is not over. Let me read you from the prophet of God where they were saying days of miracles are past. And he was was talking about 1965 and the Easter seal. And he he was talking about the gifts of the spirit and and how that somebody on the radio was criticizing divine healing, gifts of the spirit, the moving of, of the Holy Ghost. And he and said, the days of, of the apostles are, is over with. And he said, he said, Paul is ordaining these gifts in the church 30 years later. And said in Galatians 1 and 8, if an angel from heaven preaches to you any other gospel than this, which is already received, see, already been preached, let, he, let him be accursed. I believe. That pentecost began without an ending. I believe it is to every creature, all times, all places. That pentecost should always remain. The pentecost of blessing should be upon the people. Well, brother Tim, what you have there is is—it's not power, it's blessings, okay? But the pentecost of blessing is to always be on the people. What's wrong with the blessings? And I bet you ain't got no power either. Anointing without power is satanic. Listen. Oh, yeah. Oh, but Brother Brandon said the word that fell on the day of Pentecost will not work for today. This is for the bride, we got something different. You don't think I know that quote? Oh yeah, I know it. I believe it. Uh, you know you don't don't use something like that to throw a stone at me. That's for the enemy. I believe that. well the, the, but you see. You see, the word that was fell on the day of Pentecost will not work for today. We do not go to the city of Jerusalem to be empowered from on high. But you must be empowered from on high. But you don't have to wait. What was it? What was it? How long did they wait? 11 days? What was it? 10 days. Whatever it was, they waited. They had to wait after the ascension for the Holy Ghost to come. And, you know, ever since then, nobody has to wait. We're not, well, let me explain. that. We are not waiting for the Spirit to come. God is waiting on you to repent, to submit yourself. Amen. There's still a waiting. There are people that have to tarry. Some people wait for 10 years because it won't die out to old man's self. But not because the Holy Ghost ain't here. The Holy Ghost is there the first day. He'll be for you the moment you repent. But God ain't gonna come and seal your car and all kinds of meanness and everything else in it. God ain't gonna come and seal. I'm talking about the railway car. The railway car, Brother Randall said, I used to I worked for the railway. And he said, you know, there they would pack that car. And, and everything had to be put in just right. Then an inspector had to come along and, and inspect what was in there and that it was right. He said, because it would have to not shake loose on the journey. Because they would be responsible for the damage. So, you know, if your temper is out of place, if your lust is out of place, you know, lust is desires... It's just for the wrong things. You get that desire toward Christ, it's okay. Come on. To have a great desire and love for your wife, that's wonderful. But for somebody else's wife, that's sin. Are you with me? So all of that has got to be put into place before he'll seal the car. And he comes there and he checks and he sees in your repentance and he visits you at the altar and sees in your repentance that there's still something loose in your life that you hadn't surrendered, you know what's going to happen? You're going to wait. You're going to wait till that gets put in order because it's going to be sealed to the day of redemption. It's going to be sealed to the rapture. Are you with me? So, these things have got to be put in order in your life and surrender to God. You got to give up the desires of the world. You got to surrender. Yeah. Amen. And the more you surrender, the more He takes control. Yeah. Now, so you see, again, again, the, the season of waiting is over. Listen, Brother Bradham tells us in Gabriel's instruction to Daniel God never blesses Israel till she gets to her homeland. God will never bless you, a Methodist, a Baptist, a Presbyterian, a Catholic, Pilgrim Holiness, Nazarene, Church of Christ, or a Pentecostal organization. He will never bless you that way. Come back to the homeland, to the beginning, back to the Pentecostal experience like it happened on the day of Pentecost when the power of the living God changed those thousands of people and set their heart aflame with the fire God that showed genuine, not impersonated signs. Don't just stand there at the border and look. Don't 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 just walk over there. I've got just a few more minutes. Don't just walk over there and peek. Or walk through it and say, giant on that. I'll never do that. I, I could never be that way. No. You don't. Jesus passed by a fig tree and he was disappointed there was no figs. And he looked at it and he said, no man eateth from thee from henceforth. Now I'm gonna tell you, so it ain't a certain season we're waiting on. You know, if it is, we've arrived. This is harvest time. This is harvest season. This is bride time. I mean, you wanna go down and name it, it's it's eagle time eagle hour, all of of these things that he mentioned, wheat, wheat age, token age. So whatever, it's all in season. The word is always in season and, and the bride tree is one. He said like in restoration of bride tree. Now when that tree that... Jesus, that God planted, it was to bear nine different kinds of fruit, nine different kinds, which means nine spiritual gifts, nine fruits of the Spirit to go with nine spiritual gifts. That was God's tree. He planted it on the day of Pentecost. And this tree is planted by the river. Where the springs, nine different springs feeding into him, rivers of water, one spirit, one water, one spirit. There are gifts of healing, same spirit. Gifts of prophecy, same spirit. All the same spirit, but many gifts, one giver. We're still in the message, aren't we? All right, now, and I'll tell you what, If if Jesus comes to this church, I'm talking about the church of this last day, and he doesn't find faith, he's going to be like he was at that victory, disappointed. In fact, the matter is, to keep that from happening, he said, I'm going to send you Elijah the prophet to turn your hearts back to the Pentecostal faith of the fathers, lest I have to just smite it all with a curse. Because if I don't send Elijah to bring a restoration, I'll have to curse the whole thing. Now, he actually does this at K-dash. He says, he says to Moses, I'm going to curse the whole bunch of them. Every one of them will die, and I'll just start over with you. And Moses begins to stand in the breach and said, don't do it, God, because they, they, the Egyptians know you had the power to bring them out. But then they'll say, you didn't have the power to take them in. But I'm going to tell you, this God that has the power to bring you out he is the same God that has the power to take you in. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. So when he comes to his church and doesn't find faith, he would be disappointed. But I want to say, he will find faith. Amen. He'll break every power of hell to get faith in the hearts of his people. A people will come to their Kadesh Barnea of a rapture and say, Yes. I can have a refilling of the Holy Ghost, which is the dynamics of this church. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see it raising. I hear a rumble in the firebox. You know, it's like Brother Bradham talked about a train, you know, he said, you gotta get it up. You know, where you're where there's a fire that is burning. Ah, Brother Tim, Brother Tim, you know, I tell you what, you know, it's only just raising it enough, but people are shouting, dancing, run the aisle. I tell you what, throw away your old wet blanket and throw on some more wood on the fire. Hallelujah. Let the fire blaze a little higher until the train goes down the track in full throttle, climbing every hill through every valley until we fall in the arms of God. Amen. Well, Brother Tim, they just, they just blowing it out the whistle. Well, you can't do that without steam. And you can't make steam without fire. So if it's blowing out the whistle, it shows us some fire in the box. Amen. All we got to do is add to it. Come on, preachers, come on. Come on around the world today. You don't have to sit in the seat of the scornful. Hey, Amen, you don't have to be there. No, you don't have to throw a wet blanket on it. You might. You don't have to say it's all out of the whistle. You can have this too you can have enough of the fire of God you can whistle also that you can blow the horn and you can shout and you can dance and you can pull it down in the gear and it'll go down to divine healing and go down hallelujah it'll go down to miracle signs and wonders it'll go down to young people who are filled with the Holy Ghost and old people who are revived with the fire of God hallelujah Praise the Lord. Amen. Now don't give me no nerve pills. I ain't nervous. I preached this way since I was a boy. And I'm still preaching the same gospel today. This is not something new for evening like tabernacle. And this is not new for the message. Amen. This, is, this may be new for some of these churches that have sat down and died. But this ain't new. This is the same fire that made Brother Branham jump on the pulpit when he's preaching. That made him run up and down the aisles. Amen. And he says he comes to and he finds himself with, with, his, with his, you know, pulling up his pants there. And he says, "I was speaking in other tongues." And he said, and then came the interpretation that said, "He's the rock in a weary land, and a shelter in the time of storm." And I want to tell you right now, he's still the rock in a weary land. He's our shelter. No matter how many troubles and trials that come, he is our shelter, and that's what the Rapture is. We are safe in His pavilion. Mm, hallelujah, hallelujah Glory to God Well, Brother Tim, today you're acting like a holy roller I'll tell you, little bears, very little preachers can preach what Brother Brandon preached Why we are a holy roller That ought to be the title of a lot of these message preachers right now Is why I am a holy roller Why the people are embarrassed? Because we speak in tongues and have those Acts 2.38 screaming, yelling, youngins. Amen. Amen. Come on. Why be embarrassed? Why are you embarrassed? Why are you ashamed? You don't want to be pregnant with the word because that's the only time the word can be for. Hallelujah. hallelujah. I said hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen, we ought to praise him just a minute. We ought to give him glory just a moment. Hallelujah, I feel excited. I feel the fire burning. Hallelujah, it's like fire set up in my phone They tell me to be quiet, you can't stop this. You can't stop this. You can't shut our mouth. We will shout because there's somebody in me to shout about. We will rejoice. Hallelujah. We will cast out devils, we will speak with new tongues. I tell you what, many of you standing here are here today, sitting here, or at your Kadesh Barnea moment. You can sit and say, Well, am I going to just be a spectator or am I going to enter in? You can get mad and walk out the building. We've seen tempers before. But if we come in one mind and one accord with the same thing, we want Jesus. We want him in our lives. We want him in our worship. We want him in our music. We want him, hallelujah, in the dance. Amen. We want to praise him with the psaltery and in the dance. We want to praise him. And we want to praise his mighty name and say, praise ye the Lord. Lord, You can have your seats a minute, if you can. Mark 11:20. And in the morning, after Jesus had cursed this fig tree, they passed by. You see, God's expecting fruits. And they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. and Peter calling to remember, said to him, "Master." The fig tree which cursed in the way, thou cursed in the way, is is withered away. And Jesus answered, said unto them, Have faith in God, for verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. So you see, at Kadesh Barnea, in going into the land, we are challenged to believe for the impossible. We're a people of the rapture. We're a people of, of you know, who believes that divine healing is the earnest of our new body because it's, it's the down payment until the, the promise a purchase redemption comes. Now, so now in this land of the third pool where there's figs, and honestly, now I've typed it this way, and no, Brother Branham didn't do this. But nevertheless, you know, we're just taking it down using the type. In the, and in the type of, in this land, you know where, which is land of, of the fruits which Brother Branham brought back and showed his grapes. And pomegranates and figs, one, first phase, second phase, third phase. In the promised land of the Holy Ghost, dead fish come to life. (laughs) Amen. It shows us that no problem is too insignificant for God. Amen. That God is interested in every facet of our lives. And it shows the power of the resurrection. That, you know, that promises that seem to have been gutted and laid empty. Everybody knows the story, right? Brother Branham's out fishing there. And and Lyle Woods there has too big a hook. And he's pulling, uh, pulls a little fish there and pulls the guts and everything out of it. and, And then he flips it over in the water. And he said, you've shot your last wad. You know, just... And Brother Branham says, you know, you should use a smaller hook, you know, that way that wouldn't, you know, and, and you could get it out and not do so much damage. And so, you know, they talk about that and laugh and whatever. They're just fishermen out there. And about 30 minutes later, because Brother Branham had been told, you know, a couple of days before, you're going to see the resurrection of a small animal. And he said, I was out there, and he said, that little fish had been laying on the surface of the water for 30 minutes. Its entrails out of its mouth. And he said, as I was there with these two brothers, Banks Woods and his brother Lyle, and we were fishing, uh, we kind of floated up and kind of come near that, again, where that little fishy was. And he said, all of a sudden, they said the right thing. They said, you know, they got to talking about some old woman when they were a little sister, when they were um, Jehovah's Witness boys, and how that they would bake, she would bake some goods and treat them nice, and said, you know, we ought to go and tell that lady we got saved. And you know, that pleased God. When you start telling others about how you got saved, Amen, when you testify to people at work or wherever out how God has changed your life, that pleases God and, and, and that pleases God and, and all of a sudden the atmosphere changed and, 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 and here come a whipping fire down, whirling around and Brother Branham was told, stand up. And he, and he said, little fishy, I give you your life. And all of a sudden that little fish that had been laying dead for 30 minutes on the water, rose up and flicked its tail and down to the water it went. I'm just telling you promises that seem to have breathed its last breath. Hallelujah. Can come to light under this ministry in this land. I'm not talking about my ministry, I'm talking about the bride ministry. Amen. Joel 2, for one, is laying there in the scripture that he promised in the last day there'd be a ladder rain poured out upon the people, that God would empty himself. Amen. We are not in the initiating of redemption. We're where God is pouring out his spirit, emptying out the final bit of the spirit in this promised land of the Holy Ghost with the good figs of the third pull. Squirrels were created by words. <laughs> Amen. Inspired words create, showing that God can use your voice to create. You can speak to your mountain. And I want to tell you this morning, you're waiting for your mountain to move. Your mountain has to hear your voice. If you say to this mountain, it's time you take the word of God and say, It's mine. Amen, and apply it to your situation. In this third pull, lost children are saved. Prodigals come home. Hallelujah, are you with me? Amen, and when when those two boys fell over Hattie Wright's lap, somebody help me preach. Amen, and began to repent as she let out a scream that could be heard for a city block. Hallelujah, I can only imagine what it's gonna be for you, Diane, when you see yours return. There'll be a scream that'll come out like a city boy. I can only imagine what it'll be for you and you and you and you. (laughs) Hallelujah, that's gonna be shouting, not on the hills of glory, but right here in Louisiana, that can be heard around the world. It'll be a shout heard around the world. Go let God, I'll come on, my child, come on. God's still in the saving business. He's the same today. In this land, storms are struck out of existence. And then storms that would destroy your life and your family are spoken out of existence and told to go back. In this, tumors vanish. Brother Bradham's wife, 2,000 miles away and their words leave his mouth they go to his wife and a tumor vanishes I'm telling you right now the book of Acts continues hallelujah we don't just have to talk about what was a history of 60 years ago or more we can tell you right now Right now, he's still doing the same work. Hallelujah, amen. Brother Ryan, you and Sister Tanya, right there, prodigals that just came back home. Amen, We're, we're walking through his office, God speaks to him and says, son, it's time to come home. Amen. that same word can come to your child this morning. Come to your brother, come to your husband, come to your wife, come to your situation. Because it's the promise, in the land. It ain't just for had it right, it's your promise. But you're gonna have to look at the word and say it's nothing but the truth. It's nothing but the truth. hallelujah oh yeah we we can stand right here and tell you testimonies after testimony of demons leaving, cancers fleeing come on we can tell you of all kinds of things that has happened kidneys healed, every kind of thing, I w- the book of Acts continues and I got good news for you it's not just happening in the evening like tabernacle. Is happening around the world, and I got good news for you. This is the bride's revival. Hallelujah! That's what it is. It is the bride's revival. And you can stand at Kadesh and criticize and say we can't take it and we can't do it and we don't want it. But there's somebody here that wants it. There's a people here that wants it. They desire with all their heart. I've got Because in my promised land is my children, is my healer, is my deliverance. In that promised land is everything God said in his word. That's what lays in the promised land. Hallelujah. I tell you what, if God can raise up a dead fish, God can raise some of the dead fishes in this church. Hallelujah. I'm speaking a word to you right now. Of life you can come to life you don't have to remain a dead fish but the difference between that fish and you is you have to make a choice do I remain dead or do I come to life you are at your Kadesh Barnea moment let the musicians come you are at your Kadesh Barnea moment You do not have to remain a dead fish. Maybe the guts have been pulled out of you. Maybe the promises has been pulled out of your life. Maybe you don't even have the heart to believe it anymore. But in a moment, this word can change you. You know you need a renewing in your life. Why don't you ask God for it? Maybe you want to step out of your seat and say, God, I need a renewing. I need a renewing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I I want to step right into every divine promise. I want to walk right into it. Amen. Maybe you do. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's right. I want to get ready to inherit every divine promise right now. It's mine. Oh, yes, it's mine. I want you, Lord. I want you in your power. I want you in your glory. I want to make a new commitment. I want to make a full surrender. I've never went full all the way into the land, but I want to go into that land this morning. I want to go full into the Holy Ghost. Amen. The dynamics of this church will be a refilling of the Holy Ghost. I tell you, Brother Brandon, saw you coming. He saw you coming. He's described you as Samson. Samson had come to his Kadesh Barnea moment. And you know what happened to him? He laid his head in the lap of Delilah. But I want to give you a word of promise this morning. That was not the end. God gave him another chance. Because this God is a God of, amen, of, of, of first chances, second chances, third chances, fourth chances. Amen. God is a God who will turn your life around. Amen. he'll take the coldness and the lukewarm out of you and place within you the fire of the Holy Ghost. And you know, Samson, in his blinded condition, his hair began to grow. Hallelujah. And he began to realize, I'm a seed of Abraham. And now he has another Kadesh Barnea moment. And in that moment, he kills more Philistines than he'd ever done in all of his life. I'm I'm telling you, you are about to see victory in your life like you've never seen. You're about to see victory. I'm telling you right now. Amen. God is moving. He's about to open up the windows of heaven for for you and for you and for you and for you. You will not walk, you will not walk, you, hallelujah. You can have it, it is yours. The promise is to you, it's to your children, it's to them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Hallelujah. Amen. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, hallelujah. Hallelujah, I said hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen, give him praise. Right now, that's where he dwells. He dwells in the praises of his people. Amen, let the power of God move to this church this morning. Let it cleanse out every bit bitter borderline believer and make real believers out of every one of you. In the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, do the work I pray in Jesus' name. Amen, right here in the center aisle. Let, let this sister Karen come up. Let this sister Karen come up. She, God has sent her here. God has sent her here this morning. She's in a desperate situation. Her daughter, Crystal, is in, a, in an insane ward right now. And it's, She tried to kill her. I was gonna say that, but I didn't know if you wanted that public. But anyway, she don't care. She's exposed and she's open and all. Her daughter's in an insane condition. Here she lives a couple of hours away and she is, uh, She came today because she wants deliverance for her daughter. I tell you, you are at a Kadesh Barnia moment. You made the right decision. We're gonna lay hands on you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, you know what has happened to Crystal. You know the trouble in her life. You know the situation that is there. We know the power of our Christ. I speak a word and I send it right now to that hospital. May that girl come to her right senses and be healed. May you restore this family. May you heal and deliver. Lord, even as a prodigal, you brought Karen home. I pray, Lord, that you will bring crystal. Lord, for you said, we and our offspring would be there. We claim it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord, sending this handkerchief with her. You lay that upon her in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How many believe, how many believe, how many believe he sets the captive free. he heals the sick, he can raise the dead, he can bring you a dead beast to life again, he can bring reality of your life. He's still God. He's still God, he's the same today. Hallelujah, it's your moment right now. Get in
1: the water. Amen, cross over Jordan. Get into the Holy Ghost.
0: Get every bit of it you can, cause there's coming a day it'll be lifted from the earth and the bride's going with it. You better be filled in Jesus' name.
1: Hallelujah, my life is not my own, to you I belong, I give myself, I give myself.